0: so frequently it is that they're like, my life is more difficult, so I'm going to vocalize that. And that can get you into a lot of trouble because that can become a claim for retaliation or interference with certain rights.
1: You're listening to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now with your host, Jackie Coke, the podcast with all the tips and tools to help you succeed when all of a sudden you have the realization that you're the one in charge. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now. So excited for a repeat guest today. Ashley Heard of Manager Method is back to chat with us today, and she founded it after being a general counsel and head of HR, really to help create the tools to help managers and employees work better together. We did an episode earlier this year about the implications of hiring people remote Um, And today we are diving into the legal implications of being a boss. And we dive into some of the claims that if an employee is unhappy, they can actually sue you as as an individual, as a manager. And we dig a little bit into that today. So it's so important you know this stuff so that you know how to handle different situations that come up. So without further ado, please help me welcome, or I guess, listen in to my convo with Ashley. I'm so excited that you're you're back and I'm just so grateful for your friendship and your support in, in all of our HR and business endeavors. So welcome back to the show, Ashley.
0: Thank you, Jackie. I'm excited for the sequel and I appreciate you oh. and I've been loving the episodes ever since we recorded.
1: Ah, uh, yay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So wanted to have you on the show and what inspired me to text you like, hey, we should record a podcast on this was a TikTok. And for those of you listening, Ashley has definitely grown so much on TikTok. Her videos are incredible. I think if you listen to the first episode that we had together, she is she does stand-up comedy and definitely like weaves that into her persona on TikTok. So highly re- recommend you go follow her. But the TikTok I saw was you talking about a lawsuit that was happening with Peloton with a wrongful termination suit. And you brought up some of the stuff on that lawsuit of how a manager was actually being sued for their part in this this termination or this claim. And it brought up this idea and just this aha moment of like, I don't think people realize um, the legal implications of being a boss can blend into personal accountability for different things. And so that's what we're going to talk about today on the show. Before we jump into that, for people who didn't listen to our first episode, can you give people quick overview of your background so they know why you are so qualified to talk about this topic?
0: I always love I always love being considered qualified because because many aspects of my life, including home life, totally ill qualified. <laughs> um, so my background. So I um, have been an employment lawyer. For about a decade and a half. So, I worked in law firms. Uh, I always worked on the company side, so defending companies in litigation, giving advice to companies to keep them out of litigation, which I much preferred. And I spent a decade in house um, uh, as a corporate counsel, becoming general counsel. And through that time, I also took on HR. That's where I realized that, again, I hate litigation. It's awful. It's awful for all involved. And we'll talk about why that is, even for the lawyers. It's no fun. But so much of that litigation came from disputes in communication or basic things or lack of training. And so there are a lot of ways to avoid that. And that's how I know why managers really need to be careful and be mindful about some of the legal implications that can happen.
1: Y'all, listen to her. She knows what she's talking about. And she gives such practical advice that is simple but takes effort to keep yourself out of risk or reduce the amount of risk that you have when you do employ people. So can we start out and Let's talk about that Peloton, you know, story that you shared. Like, can you just give an overview of what was going on and like what you noticed from that and what you shared in your TikTok video just for some context?
0: Absolutely. I mean it's it's interesting to me because I've spent so many years working in litigation that never made the presses. And so the Peloton lawsuit really is nothing, nothing notable as far as it's basically very similar to much of the single plaintiff, meaning one employee suing the company, as opposed to like a class action suing for bigger reasons. But when one person sues the company, oftentimes it looks very, very similar to the Peloton lawsuit. So in that lawsuit, um, there's instructor named Daniel. um, He's from Ireland, which comes into play in the litigation. But so he, like many Peloton instructors has a personality and so he has a big following. So that's why it's gotten a lot of attention, including because it's Peloton. But what he talks about, actually, to me, why it was so interesting is it brought in a lot of common themes you see in litigation. So he's saying uh, one was related to, uh, to, to COVID and some things about the COVID vaccine and that he was seeking to have an accommodation and not get the vaccine, whether there were comments made about that, that he also was injured and took medical leave. And comments about that, that is a common thing you see in different types of employee lawsuits is not just whether or not someone takes leave, but also the comments that are made uh, that he was terminated from employment and done very suddenly, very coldly, um, as his allegations kind of play out and Also being from Ireland, but the executive that he named personally, that in meetings she would make comments about his Irish accent and say, "Are you drinking? Have you been drinking?" and make these comments in meetings. And we, when he asked her to stop, he didn't like her response. And so those types of things about medical leave, about comments about accents, are in you know so many different lawsuits that you see. And so he's making those claims again. It got a lot of press because it's Peloton, because it's Daniel. and we can talk about why he was able to name that executive individually, meaning that he's not just suing Peloton as a company, but he's also suing her personally. So she also has to be represented by an attorney and you know, has a lot of stakes at play.
1: I think listeners can totally relate to some of the things that you just shared that can happen. I'm not trying to say that it's okay that you make comments about somebody's accent or you make comments about a medical leave. But I do think people listening probably could see where something, a comment they said about something could be interpreted in a negative way to an employee because you're in a relationship, you're having conversations all the time and sometimes sometimes things come out meaning, like you intentionally say it in a way as a joke or passive aggressive manner. Other times you just say it without even thinking, right? And you don't know how it lands with the employee. Um, And a lot of the things that you brought up, I think, you know people listening can be like oh shit i have definitely done something like that before right and i'm sure you have countless examples of 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 people that you've represented that are like oh i didn't realize i shouldn't say that or 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 something like that
0: it's two things one is so many so many things that happen at work we're all we're all busy we'll just make that assumption. If you're not, then you're not. But if you, most people are very, very busy. So as you think things about work, you think, I have my things to do. I need everybody else to do exactly what they're going to do. This does seem especially true in the U.S. because you don't have as many baked in expectations. You don't have required paid time off outside of, you know, some sick time or things like that. But it's not, it's not so much of our hustle culture, especially here in the U.S., is about focusing, even when you're out, checking on email, being present, always, always being hustled. And so if, you're a, a manager and you're judged on your goals. If you have someone that's out or is is taking time off, you know, your immediate response may be, oh, it makes my life so difficult. And sometimes people say those things out loud and don't take a step to say, okay, it's not about me, it's about what they have going on in their life. And you know, getting things done for me is not as important as them being able to really rest and restore themselves, especially when you have safety and health at, at play, when you're talking about medical leave. But so frequently, it is that they're like, my life is more difficult, so I'm going to vocalize that. And that can get you into a lot of trouble, because that can become a claim for retaliation or interference with certain rights. And people aren't, certainly aren't thinking about that. And so that's that's one, is, is the reaction when your life, work life becomes more difficult. The other is the jokey, jokey, as you say. Like we get familiar, we get things, and it's interesting because, again, not I, I've never represented Peloton. I have one. I have one in my basement, but I, I've never been a lawyer. Do not speak for for Peloton for anyone. But because it's so public and you see things play out, you can look on Facebook message groups or uh, Reddit and see comments where people will respond probably the very similar things that that I would imagine Peloton would say. Um, in their response, which is people saying, well, Daniel talks a lot about drinking in his classes. So I'm sure he talked about this at work. So then if the executive's saying this back to him, and so that's why people will say, well, is it context? And so oftentimes it's, it may be parroting back. An employee may say something and the manager or colleagues may say it back because they think it's funny. Well, the context of that may not be as appreciated. Or when the employee says, can you stop it? Someone's saying like, mm-hmm. so it can be those jokes or just, or the jokes that people have that like, we're, we're all human. We all make mistakes. And he's saying something you shouldn't can really, can really get you in trouble Um, because it's, as I say to managers, it's taking that split step and thinking to yourself, is this value add or does this detract from value? And is and that is again, no fun actually coming into play. And I do not think workplaces need to be like, devoid of any fun and laughter. Like I love to have a good time, but oftentimes the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So someone may yes. think that it's appropriate to joke about, but but jokes aren't always funny and they can end, end up creating much more harm for you and your organization.
1: Totally, totally. So let's go into, you know, you have some trainings for managers. And if you would be willing, I would love for you to share a little bit about what are some of the things that, obviously there's 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 a lot of things that your business can be, you know, Sued for or a claim against. But what, what things cross over the threshold of your business into personal liability? if you're a manager, and I guess maybe we start by defining like, what does the law define as a manager or supervisor that makes them potentially eligible to get sued personally?
0: Great. Uh, great questions. I'm so happy to have this conversation because I think a lot of managers have no idea this is even possible. But so it, dep- it depends a bit on the law. So if you look at the federal level, you know, if I'm Ashley, I sit here in Atlanta, Georgia, if I have if I'm working at a company, the legal claims I have in my job depend on federal, which is nationwide law. Also, what's applicable in Georgia and Atlanta. Uh, in Georgia, it, you know, it tends to be a, a state with very little employee protections. So it's harder to, to sue under employee laws. You're uh, in Arizona. And so, Arizona, California certainly um, tend to have some more employee friendly laws. So, you may be able to bring different laws. So, I say federally, Title VII, but basically, the anti discrimination harassment law under Title VII does not allow for individual liability. And what individual liability means is if, so if I'm an employee, Jackie's my manager, um, if we work for ACME company, if I wanna sue for discrimination under this federal law and say, you violated this, I wanna go to the EOC. So I can only sue my company. And that means my company would pay any damages. I cannot sue Jackie under that federal law. So, But there are other laws like the FMLA, so medical leave, Um, the FLSA, which is the Fair Labor Standards Act. And so if I'm saying, well, I was trying to take this medical leave to to care for myself or a family member, and, and Jackie kept calling me and making me do work and was interfering with my ability to take leave. Not only am I going to sue my company, they you know, probably have deeper pockets, but I'm going to sue Jackie as well. And so that means she has to be represented by a lawyer, which may or may not be the same lawyer for the company. It depends on things like conflicts, your company's policies, um, and your company's insurance. So as a manager, people say, well, my, my company protect me in this? It depends. It depends a lot. I mean, what what you did and what the allegations are. There may be some organizations that the organization may try to distance itself from really concerning behavior and say, no, we're completely separate. We have lawyers, all of that. Other times you may be protected and under certain insurance, they may cover you entirely. But that's important for managers to know. It's that can matter. So some of those federal laws, so things like medical leave. the way you treat an employee when they're taking that federally protected leave can create liability for you. So making sure you support them. So if they, or if someone comes back from leave, saying things like giving them lesser assignments to say, well, I can't depend on you being here. That can be a retaliation claim. Again, that can be brought. Same with, so I say that Fair Labor Standards Act. So if you as a manager are jacking up my timesheets, so I submit my timesheet and you as a manager go and say, well, I didn't approve this overtime, so I'm going to change it. I'm not just going to pay the overtime and discipline you. What, da, 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 da. I'm going to change it and not pay you. Well, a manager can also be personally liable for that. Generally, when you see lawsuits brought, you see it against the company. But, but when i did done that post and I post that on LinkedIn, many lawyers are like, oh, I've totally seen this in FMLSA, FMLA, FLSA contexts. And you also tend to see it. So why it was brought in Daniel's case is because the case against Peloton was not in was not under the federal law. It was under the mm. New York law. Uh, and I can't remember if it was New York City or New York State, but again, cities and states can have their own laws in the you know, more employee-friendly jurisdictions like San Francisco, California. You can have your own laws there. And so Daniel was able to bring it against the company and his manager, And that can happen. So a discrimination type claim like that can happen under those laws. California is the same. So not only can people bring it. And so if you think about why would someone do that, a company is going to be able to pay a lot more than the manager. Well, if an individual feels really wronged, like in a family leave context, they may. And plaintiff's lawyers, meaning a lawyer that represents the employee and bringing the suit, um, they also know that if you're bringing it under state law, then um, a company may be headquartered out of state. And this gets a little, I won't get too much into, into this, but a lot of times companies, you may want to be in federal court. It's more oftentimes like a federal court is more of like a faster structure. Um, a number of reasons companies prefer to be in federal court. And if the company's headquartered out of out of state and the claim is large enough, then you know, companies can go into federal court. But employees often want to be in state court. You know, rightly or wrongly, it can be viewed as more favorable to that employee. Well, if you name a manager personally that lives in that state, well, then no longer can the company pull you to federal court because the manager as well. So it's kind of this technicality. And so not only might an employee be incentivized to say, I, I was done so wrongly that I want you to be held liable as well, manager. But their lawyer may be saying, well, tactically as well, it makes more sense um, for us. And, we can, and you have to have you know, real grounds to sue that manager and claims about something they did personally. You can't just go like, well, they happen to be the manager. But an attorney, many plaintiff's attorneys in places like California or New York um, may also be incentivized to, to name um, individually those managers that physically reside in the states to stay in state court. So really important for managers to know that. And so I, I, I say there's all sorts of things managers do. But the way you treat employees on medical leave is not only the right thing to do, but can have real legal implications, but also as you're classifying and as you're working with someone, if they are classified as a contractor, but you're really treating them as an employee and getting mad that they're not coming into the office and things like that, well, they may, you know, that may come back to to bite you a bit too um, under some of those federal laws.
1: For sure. For sure. So there's the medical leave. There's the FSLA, which is essentially timekeeping is, you know, it's like, paying people overtime, double time, meals and rest breaks, that type of a thing. Also, isn't it, is sexual harassment something that managers can be personally liable for as well or harassment in general?
0: So uh, generally, under you, you, can have it can depend on like the, the state laws. Like I said, so California, yeah. New York, those tend to allow it. But also, what sometimes people will bring if for whatever reason the claim they're bringing. Like if it's a Title seven claim that you, that says you can only bring that against an organization, you cannot bring that against an individual. Well, someone also there are certain state law claims where someone may say um, like intentional infliction of emotional distress, which is something you learn about in law school. But basically, it's saying the way you acted was so egregious, like. Um, like harassment, like, because also the standard of harassment can be really high. And so someone may bring other claims in that. And so those are ways that you may or um, like a reference request, if someone says, well, you acted with bad faith, because I was you, what you said was a lie. And so I'm going to sue you personally for defamation, mm. you know, a material statement, but that's false. Um and, and there's different factors again, depending on the state that you have to you have to show. But some of those are claims as well. And so um, it's it's just it's important to know because one is the personal liability. And again, whether that means money out of your pocket, which can mean attorneys' fees. If you're a manager, it's likely at some point you will get involved in litigation, and it doesn't have to be necessarily any fault of your own. It's just something that often tends to happen. But what that can mean is you know, preserving your emails, people combing through your emails, attorneys. I've done this is sitting through in pointing out things in your emails and you think, geez, like (laughs) this is taking a fine tooth comb to things you wrote six, seven years ago, or maybe a little less, but it's, it's exhausting that process, both from a time perspective, from a a financial perspective, if you did have to pay your own attorney's fees, again, at times your company may provide your attorney Then ultimately damages. And so, you know, rarely do things get to the jury, but you'll feel like you've gone 10 rounds before even the litigation Mm -hmm. has barely begun from that. But even if, and I tell people this, even if, okay, well, if you're like, oh, okay, I'm in, in a location, there's not there's not personal liability for this. Also, it can be you being named. So what a lawsuit looks like, the documents that are in lawsuits are like these stories often of what happened. And it's a story from an employee's perspective. And that employee, you may completely disagree with that perspective. But that perspective is on a publicly available website. So as far as I'm aware, every you know every time something's filed in court, things like that, unless it's sealed, which rarely happens, it's generally available to people. So media may pick up on it. So even if you're not personally named, things you do as a manager can be called out and you can be used as an example in some lawyers oh. can, you know, can, can, down the road. And so people can name these things. And often people are surprised about what's out there. And they think, well, I want my turn to say, I want to call up and tell people and your lawyers will t- tell you what you can do about that. But even in places without personal ability, it is that that reputational damage of being named in that, in, in, in defending yourself or seeing things that you actually said written in print, you may think, oh, sh- I shouldn't have said that. Right. And so that's why I say those things about you know thinking about whether comments are value add or they detract. If you're writing comments, if someone's telling you, for example, my relative died, I need time off, you know, telling them. Make sure you take your laptop or something like that. And, right, it's not going to look good on you, no matter how the outcome of the litigation comes out. But other people may be reading that that you'd never thought that those words would see the light of day.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's the financial. An emotional burden of it, and then there's just the damaging of reputation and stuff being out there on the internet for the rest of the internet, however long that may last. That that definitely can impact future business decisions, employees who want you're recruiting there because there's so many things that you know having being named in a lawsuit with not so great light can have um, negative yeah. impacts on your business. You mentioned something that so many of these things can be avoided by just good communication and having good relationships with your team. And, and I'd love to talk a little bit and learn and just tell listeners a little bit about some of the courses. I know you have a course for managers that, that I think helps with a lot of these things.
0: Can you share a little bit about that? Everything and you know, all the training I've put together really comes from like I said, a decade and a half of experience, been in courtrooms, gone through people's emails, seen what that experience is like, but also seen the stemming from that of where those issues started and knowing there's just some basic things managers aren't, often aren't trained on, and oftentimes they want to know, like, what do I say or do I say nothing? And so I have, so I put together one training is called Manager One Hundred and One, which is a training that's for either for new managers or managers that have been in seat for a while that haven't had that robust training. Some of it is is around more of like imposter syndrome, like knowing like it's you know what, whatever you're feeling, if you feel that way, it's okay, and this is how to think through it. But a lot of it is substance, like taking time off. Someone takes time off, how do you? react to that or thinking about hiring an employee do they have a non compete how do you think through these things so you can avoid you know this these types of concerns later on with litigation how do you talk about that and as a lawyer like, i hate I hate legalese, hate, hate, hate. And I, I, I like real talk. Um, and so ever, what I have are trainings with videos and then resource guides with talking points of like in this situation, this is what you can say. I get mm-hmm. the caveat just like this is not legal advice. Those aren't legal advice, but it's it's more of general suggestions from having seen really from the HR perspective, of not just how to avoid liability but create relationships and engagement with your team so that they feel like they're treated well, tends to work out better. Um, and so some of those topics are like exactly on leave, um, thinking about accommodations, disability accommodations, religious accommodations. Um, what do you tell the team? How do you approach those things? And so it's those types of questions that I've, I've heard managers ask time and time again. So it's giving some of some of those of the ways to think about that to not just, again, avoid liability, but also make the situation feel more comfortable for that employee that's coming to you for your support um, different times or situations where you're a manager and someone comes to you and says, uh, I'm transitioning genders. And you, you may have their personal views on that. You may never have experienced that. You may be thinking, what do I do in that? Well, I talk about in that, about ways to support that individual and work with them. And again, not to avoid liability as much as to actually show that support no matter of use. And so we used to practically do that. So so all of my training is based on that to help so that people walk away from that feeling like, okay, I got it and have a resource guide where you can go back to it and search through it if you ever have those situations. So I have that manager one-on-one training. And by the time you post this, you'll have all of the minis, which really cover individual topics, like how to give Amazing. feedback, how to think about time off. And so in a little more, 15 minutes, go through it, walk away and feel more confident.
1: Amazing. I think it's so helpful. And I think you know, it's for If you are listening to this, a lot of the listeners are entrepreneurs who are like managing for the first time. And so a course like this is perfect for like the, I don't know what I don't know situation. And then if you are listening to this and you've been a leader for a while, um, I think a lot of the things you describe are also topics that when it comes up, I feel like there can be a little bit of shame when you're like, Ooh, I've been a manager for 15 years. Like I don't want to go to my HR person and tell them I don't know how to handle this. Like, I don't know. I just feel like there's so much of that that happens um, when you're a boss. And I think what a great resource where you can go learn without
0: feeling embarrassed. Well, that's the thing. And I say, one of my, I think my very first module, because I say it, like I'm from Kentucky. So I say all my analogies are like bourbon or horses. But I say like, like a horse pole comes up as a mother and it's like, it's walking the same day. and You are like, oh great, move on. But like babies, it's like, you know, 18 months in, you're like, you know, cheers, cheers in when they're you know finally walking. And so, you know, management is more of that. It's not natural. It's, it's generally not natural. It is learning. And so one of my first modules in it is called like, you know, asking questions, even if you've been in seat for a while and how to have conversations and recognize that how to say to someone in HR or your boss or other colleagues' questions that you may not have even thought to say, and how to phrase those in a way that's like, oh, this is why I'm asking you that now. And, and so it's to help people literally be able to take it and go and ask it and not have to like try to reinvent the wheel. Or I completely agree. People feel shame in not knowing or even asking for help. And it should be the complete opposite. You should feel emboldened, and it should be celebrated when you're asking for that help. And oftentimes, people love to give you that advice. If you're asking someone, how can I make your job easier by doing the right thing or doing things?
1: Totally. Where can listeners get information about your minis and the full, you know, one-on-one course? Sure. So if you go to my
0: site, ManagerMethod.com, I have on my homepage, it asks, who are you? you an employee, or manager, or an organization? So if you're a manager, that's for more one-off managers for organizations. uh, I offer Manager 101 uh, at a discount for a group, and then I have a toolkit so you can run follow-up role-play sessions with your managers afterwards to help them to build those muscles in practice. So have that, and um, you can always find me on TikTok, Instagram, at Manager Method.
1: Amazing. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. We'll link everything in the show notes as well. If you're driving and you know, come back to this and you can find the links and cannot recommend Ashley enough. She is so relatable. She knows her stuff. It's just like a breath of fresh air for trainings. These trainings don't have to be boring. They can be quick and fun and relatable. And um, it's just so nice to have... Somebody doing that. So thank you for the work that you're putting into the world. So many people need it. So I just wanted to say thank you.
0: Thank you, and I I, I love I sing you from the rooftops, Jackie. You are you are the absolute best, and um, I'm I'm always glad to be connected, and so happy to be here for the sequel.
1: Amazing. Well, thank you, and listeners, thanks for tuning into the show. Check us out in a couple days when we have another episode dropping, and you'll hear from us again soon. to outsource your hiring completely and finally make that key hire? Our hiring team at People Principles is your not-so-secret weapon. Let us do the heavy lifting to build your team. Check out our incredible team and our transparent pricing strategy at peopleprinciples.co forward slash hiring team.